Bonjour tout le monde. Welcome to Le Port de France, part of the Around the World and 80 Drinks podcast. As the peloton in the Tour de France pedal around the regions of France, we, the thinking drinkers, will bring you the best booze from that particular region. We're into the third week of the tour, and as ever, I'm joined by the beautiful Tom Sandham, wearing a hat and a San Rafael cycling jersey. You look, as ever, very sexy. Magnifique. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all, well, I'm all right. Um, listeners, it's violin time. I've got sinusitis. So uh, if I sound a bit sort of nasally, that would be why. And um, and it's had an effect on my cycling for all those keynotes who followed us on Strava, of which there are thousands of you. Yeah. <laughs> or two. Yes, it's uh, affected my cycling. So I haven't had a very good week on the bike. How have you been getting on? My cycling's been very good. I've been going to Richmond Park because we're training for the, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, we're doing a Norfolk 100. Norfolk is flat, but it's still 100 miles. So I went out on the weekend, he's James Wheatley, he's very compact, he's quite he's smaller than skinnier, fitter, and so he goes up hills very quickly. So that was a bit dispiriting, but uh, but it was nice. Um, and also there's a guy in Richmond Park every morning who sits there with an amazing camera and takes loads of pictures of the sun rising and the deer and everything. And then he works out who's past him on Strava and gets in touch with you and says oh, I may have taken a picture of you cycling today would you like to buy it and it's about £1.30 and you've really? got a picture of me looking quite dynamic uh, which is a very good idea but it's slightly I mean imagine Stalkery. if you were cycling <laughs> someone you're not supposed to and you're having a oh, yeah. affair what's an exciting affair that would be that would be <laughs> hello what's your wattage what's not so good was the fact that um, I took the boys swimming the other day and cycled with my Rory, my wife, the older one along a bit later, because it's logistically anyway it happened. And then we put the bike on the top of our car in a car park in Acton and then drove through a height restriction barrier. Uh, that cr- crushing Sophie's bike, which run thankfully, and then scraping the roof rack across the roof of the car. That's from the quid's worth of damage. But uh, we've got to crack on, Tom. What is going on in the tour? Yeah, we'll rattle through this um, because uh, we are quite far behind in terms of the stages. We've got stages mm. uh, 13, 14, 15 and 16 have happened, including a rest day since we last Stage 13 was uh, described as the hardest stage. Uh, it went up to Puy Marie Cantal, the Cantal region, essentially. Yeah, that's and um, apparently 4,400 metres of a vertical gain. That's, that's a lot. I mean, I do, if I do, let's say, I did 118 kilometres the last ride I listened to. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right. And then look what it did. That made me sick for a whole week. <laughs> Uh, but in that time, I probably did about a thousand. To do four hundred, four thousand four hundred, it is is quite extraordinary. And they went up up the side of an, an ancient volcano. So I mean, it sounds when you say I went up a volcano, average that's a lot. And it really did look pretty. And also, it was at the end. At the end, oh, that's right, right at the end. end. Oh, the final two kilometres, they weren't moving. Was it 15%? Just... I mean, oh, ridiculous. Because I looked at the elevation, and it was like, yeah, like you so say, it's 4,000. And then I looked at my uh, Strava, and I was like, well, that's 2,500. And then I realised that was feet, not metres. <laughs> there is that as well, yeah. Um, it's not the same. No, really. they're very different. <laughs> uh, it was one, the stage was run by a Colombian, Martin, the two of them. It was horrific. And a friend of uh, ours, Anthony, who we mentioned on this podcast before, suggested that we go there next year and, and we repeat one of those rides. Yeah, yeah, we could do. 
Or, <laughs> or <laughs> just not just the flat bit round the bottom yeah. and then uh, drive up there. Um, so that was stage 13. Stage 14 was Clermont-Ferrand to Lyon. Mm-hmm. One of the few by Danish chap. Uh, him. For those of you who are watching us on our video recordings, you can see a picture, first of all, of Daniel Martinez. There he is. And there's the, the Danish chap, Hug. Hug. Uh, with his teammates Sunweb, who've done really well in the tour this year. They've been a surprise package. They've won a few of the Hirsch Soren. And that stage was a, as much about the green jersey saga. Yeah. The race within the red commentary. Uh, and at the end, um, the Slovenian chap, Primoz Bogli, the youngs against current era, yellow jersey, the wrong way around. Rodrich, no, Pogacar is the young one, you dum-dum-dum-dum. Pogacar is the young one. Get your, you jacked up on Lenshin <laughs> oh, or something. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that's a Come on. performance Right, enhancing. basically, I think... These I mean, two, uh, these two do. It's basically, it's the <laughs> race between, it's between Podge and Rog, isn't it, yeah. now? I mean, essentially, uh, the, the, everyone else is... Bernal, we're recording on the, uh, what's the day today? Wednesday, and this yeah. morning, Bernal from Team Ineos, after he's got a gammy, gammy back, back knack, he's, he's pulled out, everyone's saying that Brailsford stopped. He, uh, Brailsford, Sir Dave Brailsford, who um, is being come on. Um, so Bernal's out. So it really mm. is now down. It's Podge versus Rog. It could be. There are still a few other people in the background. Richie Port is Australian. Love to see. Rack off bouncer. No yeah, way. He's, he's, he's an old boy. Um, no. But he's, a, he's about two minutes off the pace. So it's, he's a good time trialist. Towards the end, we'll have a time trial. But these. These two are pretty handy at that discipline as yeah. well. So um, I think uh, I think it's really between the two of them. And I Yates mean, is still Yates is still knocking around, which is great news to have a Brit in the top ten of this, you know, the world's yeah. biggest bike race. Um, but these guys are both from Slovenia, um, and I, it just inspired me to to look into Slovenia a bit more and maybe think, well, I don't know much about this country, and it is an amazing country, Ben. Um, it's known as the country of Castle. Uh, apparently, they have uh, they have shed loads of beautiful castles. Well, there. there's Almost one like in your background behind. You can't really uh, see it because, wait, oh, there you go, thank you. Yeah, it's a castle in the middle of a massive lake, but I've seen that yeah. picture. That's very much their go-to tourism. Yeah. But everyone um, I know who's been to Slovenia says it's brilliant. There's loads of uh, out, outward bound. There really is. Come Apparently, on then, tell me more, Tom. I'm going to tell you some facts. Go on. Uh, they On the annual peace index, which is the thing, um, they are one of the world's uh, leading peaceful nations, seven uh, countries. What's the most peaceful? I didn't get the, get to that point because I was oh, just right. looking at the Slovenia facts. Okay, sorry, from sorry. The Telegraph, in fact. Thanks for that. Um, uh, the Post Office recent study um, said it's the cheapest skiing resort in Europe. Really? Which is tres interessant, um, if you want to go skiing, which I do. Um, apparently, there's a vineyard for every 70. So that's a lot of vineyard. That's that, that's what they claim. Um, they've got a massive. So, uh, and in the background of your photo of Slovenia, there seems to be very big hills. Dare I say it, mountains, which mm. may explain why they're good at cycling. But cycling and indeed growing grapes to mountains, yeah, yeah. which as we know, caps the sun during the day. A pretty chilly at night. Key key criteria. Well, I mean, it's a basic core wine knowledge you need. It is. It's a country um, that loves bees. Ninety thousand beekeepers in a population of just over two two million. And as you might expect, because of that, they make a lot of this stuff. What's mead. That? Oh, really? Slovenian mead. 
Yeah, and the need I've got in the background is owned by uh, by uh, the, it's made at the Terrace Gavav farm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah you know that one. Yeah, and uh, and the family is the Pogacar. Is it? Is not, it doesn't appear to be related to the Pogacar. Is Pogacar like a Slovenian Smithel Jones? <laughs> yes, um, perhaps Ben. Maybe most interestingly of all. Though, Slovenia claims to invent it. The wheel invented who? Who invented the wheel? Well, the Slovenians. Really? This is really based on the fact that the oldest recorded carbon dated example of a wheel right. comes from the Lajana marshes, right. and uh, that's five thousand one hundred and fifty years. What I'd say about the wheel they discovered in Slovenia for anyone who can see the picture behind me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of missing. Really it's missing. It's part of the shape. <laughs> so, yeah, they need so, to reinvent that wheel because it's yeah. well. That's so, really, really interesting. Tom. It is, and it might explain why they're good at cycling because they've been on on oh. wheels uh, up mountain. All of this combines. Uh, well, well, that that leads us seamlessly into uh, my bit about Clément Ferrand, uh, which one of the stages finished in um, in the Auvergne. And um, did you know that Clément Ferrand is most famous for being home to Michelin, making tires? The links, which is again really interesting. They're almost as good um, as the links in our show, aren't they, Ben? They are. Hang on, let me just—I'll get a picture of the. Um, and people Mercedes. listening won't. Sadly, they won't be able to see this. You really missed out here. I've put a picture of the <laughs> Michelin headquarters <laughs> there. Um, beautiful. I mean, of all the, of all um, the pretty places in France, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's a Michelin man, yeah, which I've not cropped particularly well, but you get the idea. Um, my local bike shop, Harpenden Cycles, has a picture of them outside. So the boys always like you when I go in there to buy an inner tube. Yeah. Oh, he's a funny man. He is a funny man. Yeah. Well, I mean, children and tyres. When I was little, Tom, my dad used to put me in a tyre and roll me down, roll me down the hill in the local park. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They were the good he's, years. He's doing twenty years. <laughs> they were the good years. So Very good. Very good. Very good. I know. Do you know that in France? It's free, uh, petrol stations, it's free to pump up your car tire. But in England, UK, you every petrol station, you have to pay a pound to put it. Clearly, inflation fair. That is very good. <laughs> and lastly, but uh, by no means least, why do bicycles fall over? Go on. Because they're too tired. Very good. Like these very tired. Yes, things. exactly. <laughs> um, also, uh, another, do you know who else was born in Clermont-Ferrand? Um, Audrey oh. Tattoo, okay. Um, who's absolutely gorgeous. Okay, I love her. Uh, the star and Amelie, my favorite films. Uh, she my... should be, she's she's got to be in the running for um, Call My Agent, the Netflix show that, yes, which I uh, thank you for binge. recommending. I am oh, it's brilliant, my wife and I are very much yeah. enjoying that. Yeah, uh, it's the best thing I've seen on the team for a long time. I'd recommend it, and it's French, so you, you're it's got subtitles, so you're it's educational. You feel like you're being clever uh, watching it. It's got yeah. that perfect blend of enough drama to keep you watching, but really nice, easy going. Yeah, and they've got telly. they've got it's like the dual processing, and there's a there's a continuous thread narrative thread that goes through it, but each episode stars a a different French star um, with a different different plot. Um, so no, it's brilliant. It's very funny, and it makes me want to go and live in France and live in Paris. Live in, well, just basically live a different life than one I'm living. Um, so all. she's and also another one, Bernard Loiseau, born in Clermont-Ferrand. Right. He was a famous French chef whose uh, Le Côte de Restaurant 
was the inspiration behind Ratatouille. Yes. The um, as we all know, we've talked about this before. Too. The film uh, or cartoon, a rat mm-hmm. called Remy, my son makes it in a French kitchen. He's sitting underneath chef's hat. A shit's hat. Shit's shit's hat. hat. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, kids. Chef's hat and pulling his hair, thus directing him uh, and make it basically being the chef. It's a great film. But Bernard Loiseau is a slightly more depressing. When he lost, suggested he was about to lose the third Michelin star, he shot himself. Oh. Uh, but given he was from Clermont-Ferrand and Michelin are from Clermont-Ferrand, you thought they would have looked after him. Apparently not. And there's only two stars at the cot door. And Bernard sadly is not. So there we go. Sort of a bit of a downer there, but. <laughs> just sweet desolate. Uh, just to finish off the, the racing, I've got a picture there of Leonard Kemner, who's a Borough Hansgrower rider, and he won the the final stage of stage 16 um, and broke away and did a, an outstanding uh, solo ride for, for the last portion of the race, about 20 kilometres on his own. And, uh, and well done him. It looked, yeah. again, rather unpleasant <laughs> also that during the guardian the guardian uh, newspaper online they do a minute by minute um uh report of that of, of every stage it's really good and yesterday we got a, a very welcome uh, shout out by barry glenn denning who was doing it we sent him a little info about chartreuse didn't we yeah and uh, thank you for that barry that was very kind of you to give us a little boost in our numbers and it did work we and i'll start we'll stop bothering you um, maybe not. Um, mm. We'll bother anyone as much as those numbers up. Uh, so, but that's that was uh, that that stage. We'll, we'll get we'll get back to the chartreuse uh, yeah, later. Maybe a little deep. Um, deep. Okay, yeah. uh, we'll go so- through the Cantal region. Just a very quick one on the region's food. I just did a little bit of a cursory look around, and the Cantal cheese. It's oh yeah, that's a semi-hard milk cheese. Very all been there. Seen a bit of cheese, semi-hard, haven't we? Um, uh, and it's quite sweet, vanilla-y. That's where the yeah, that's where the analogy <laughs> falls down. This <laughs> goes very well. Well, oh, yes. Ah, and I've also got the uh, the. Uh, form d'Ambert aged caves again and during the maturation process of the form d'Ambert they inject sweet white wine better, wow. with a wine in it with your wine uh, doubling the region is also I discovered when I was looking through quite famous for things that parents would have tried in the UK during the 80s at dinner park um, two of the regional specialities appear to be a fondue yeah I'm which comes from, from that cheese that would be a form and Pears in red wine, which apparently is a Leon. Yes. And I remember my consistently trying that for the dinner party. We would get to stay. Yeah. Um, well, I've always enjoyed your mum's lovely pear. And um... <laughs> and I've got a picture of Kermit the Frog behind me. What's ben? he doing? Well, he's drinking tea in an advert. Uh, the reason being frog's legs. Because uh, of the Cuisse de Grenouille. 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 The fried frog, the special dom. Frog's frog's fan. I've never really. Uh, I've had them, and they're a bit, a bit me, me, bit like chicken, really. Yeah, a bit like chicken, yeah, tastes like chicken. Well, we we ate them here. Although we think of them as a French delicacy. Um, the winner in the court in our lands, and we all ate them as well. But we don't tend to now. Apparently, they became particularly. Famous, a favourite dish in the 12th century when cunning monks 
who were forced into a no meat diet had frogged as fish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's fairly interesting. Factoid, really. No, that is interesting because I would say if someone would say, Is that meat animal. or fish? Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a hybrid, isn't it? Because they're meat, mm. but they uh, hang out in water. Is beaver, I mean, what is beaver? That is technically a fish. Is it? I think so. Because didn't we talk about one of the popes definitely eating ma- beaver? Definitely mammal with fish like qualities. Yeah, but I beaver. think the pope enjoys beaver on a Friday. Beaver. It does, no, no, that's not, and that's not me being, but some mammal, yeah. Um, and I don't know, otters, wet, very wet. Uh, that's about all they've got in common, I suspect. But there are beavers and otters who never live on the land, discovered at a zoo the other day, spend their entire lives in the water, so that's about as close to the fish as you. But I, find it, but I understand it. Sometimes I get in the swimming pool, you spend a long time in there, can't be to get out. Well, my youngest, Samuel, refuses to get out of the bath. Does yeah. this thing where he lies on his back now so the water covers his ears. And when I say get out, he just shouts, can't hear ya. Yeah. Can't hear ya. It's a great game. It lasts about 10 minutes until I lose my rag and pull it out. Well, my kids have just discovered the, the beauty of lying in the bath, letting the water drain out. And then it gets trapped under your back, and then you move your back around. It makes a fart line. That's good. That is fun. Yeah, it's fun. They've obviously got over the hump of if you don't get out now, you will get. Yes, yeah, for a long that, time. It was a very good threat. Yeah. When that didn't work, I just turned the lights back. Yeah. In there. <laughs> <laughs> Try the imaginary spiders in Barford. Yeah. And let the wasps in, and then uh, once sure, social services are listening, <laughs> stop it. They'll come and get us. <laughs> when, um, when, we, when we got through the nightmare phase after I pulled them out without a towel. Uh, better in the winter, folks, in skills. Putting them yep. out without a towel. It's freezing. And they really hate Anyway, let's go on to the wine, the drinks of the yep. region. Um, and uh, first thing to say about wine in this particular pod is uh, we've had some wines by the Whiskey Exchange. And the Whiskey mm. Exchange, we go to for our spirits need uh, because they have pretty much everything. And they occasionally, and they're not. Um, uh, but they also do wine. And one of the wines they sent after our uh, Midi Pyrenees section was uh, a Sauvignon Blanc uh, that comes from the AOP of the region, Cote de Gascon. And um, I don't really tend to think about that region as five different. And this Sauvignon Blanc was so good, I bought a one. Jesus, so, that, that, that is yeah, an endorsement. I really wouldn't spend more than. £4.50 on a bottle of wine normally that costs uh, £10, but you can get it on the Whiskey Exchange. And the Whiskey Exchange also sent us this, which is more appropriate for this podcast, uh, which is um, a Beaujolais village. Yes. Yeah, because we're in Lyon when we're talking about the drinks from this region. Um, and Lyon is actually a bike ride away from um, the Beaujolais region, isn't it? Ben? Yes, it is. So, well, I mean, it's quite, yes. Now no. my my um my experience of Beaujolais when I was studying in Grenoble, uh, mm. Beaujolais Nouveau Night was something quite spectacular. Um, I don't it's sort of been celebrated over here in the past, but we don't see very much. Whereas in in Grenoble, and I think a lot of other towns, everyone gets gets shit faced. Really, uh, the entire town, every restaurant, every bar is is selling Beaujolais, very young, fresh red wine. They even filled up the fountains in all the squares with red wine and people just coming on chaos wow it was brilliant i've not done that i'd love to do that it was really good fun and somehow i mean if it happened in britain i mean there'd be more stabbing 
But over there, somehow, they just about hang on to being the right side of civilized. Mm. And, uh, and it's brilliant. I mean, it was by the end of the evening, um, which, is, which stopped me. But I was very ill the next day. And I think, because I think I must have been a bit of, bit of infection. Bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah infection in my mind. Yeah. Um, uh, something you ate. Yeah. But, uh, well, well, that seems quite appropriate, because the Beaujolais wines are, are kind of good fun wines, aren't they? Good, for, good fun reds. Yeah. And sometimes suggested serving in this in particular, serving it chilled. We've got the um, the Beaujolais Domaine Andre Colomb, Colomb, um, and bothered. Um, they've been making the um, the wines in the region, the heart of the northern Cru uh, since 1789. They've got 37 hectares divided between oh, okay. four appellations. Fleury, and Beaujolais Village et Beaujolais. Uh, Andre Saint-Serge is using new technology there. Uh, so it's quite a modern and dynamic little setup for our Beaujolais Village, the main Andre Colomb Effi. Uh, and I must say, this wine is a fantastic. Wait. I haven't got it. Thanks. The, 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 um, Sorry, the whiskey, whiskey change didn't send me a bottle, but don't worry yeah, about it. Sent me. I mean, but uh, but uh, but rest assured, it's really lovely. It's very very strawberry. Um, very and what I like about it is it's not like there's not masses of tannins. It is a super easy drinking red wine, and it's the sort of red you could drink easily latter summer, and it's eleven pounds on exchange. I would recommend it highly. And that's what I'm going to say about that. Well, uh, I've got a wine as well from the okay. Côte du Jura. Now, the Jura in eastern France, uh, you'll find it between Burgundy and Switzerland, one of the smallest wine regions in France. The climate uh, is, well, I don't know. Sit, are you sitting down? Because I've got some big news. Uh, <laughs> it comes from the continental climate. I don't, now, this I region, don't know. I, this region, I mean, this is what distinguishes it from other regions. It has long, cold winters. And hot summers, but meteorology, meteorology. weather-wise, Lucy, lovely Lucy, where are you? <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, weather-wise, it does have a bit more rain than Burgundy. Right. Now, Pinot and Chardonnay are the go-to grapes here because um, they are they suit the heavy clay soils, uh, which are around here. Um, now we've got a Chardonnay from Sainsbury's. We have called the Cote de Jura Chardonnay. I always go to Chardonnay with a with a with a new view. After we did our It's the Drink talking with the fantastic Sam Cape, yeah, she's out straight on wine, Chardonnay. mistress of liquor yeah. out on social media. She's she's brilliant. She genuinely does know all about wines, and one day we'll get her back on here. Help us. Um, but she always said that the Chardonnay, it was just the fact that it was really, it became very, very popular. Uh, the reason it's m- much maligned and the badly mm. examples that we started getting over here. But these, listeners, uh, Chardonnay is a great wine, isn't it? It can be. It can be. I mean, I think some of the wines from this region um, can be be a bit thin, right? A bit lean. Okay. Um, but um, a bit more acidic than the wine, the Chardonnay from Burgundy. They are. Um, they tend to be aged in oak for longer to round off the acidic edges. Um, but they're also, um, they're very minerally. If you taste this one, very fresh, very minerally. Vibrant. I would oh, say. Okay. I like um, that in a white. I like yes. it to be quite sort of clean. And yeah. And it doesn't have um, that kind of clingy. So it's quite right. nice. And also, um, it's used as a base wine for Cremant du Jura as well, which apparently ah. becomes popular. Um, and also, there is the big thing in this region is Van Jun, yellow wine. 
Um, and it's a bit like, um, uh, exclusive to the Jura region, it's a bit like dry Fino Sherry. Uh, it's matured in a barrel under a film of yeast of flour, known as the Wal. Um, um, but it's not fortified, so it's, it's, but it's still sort of very dry aperitif style wine, and that's becoming more popular. It's quite expensive. Um, and a Pinot, like I said, Pinot's grown around here, and there's another uh, great called the Trousseau. Uh, loved his films, Nouvelle Vague, as uh, the most, uh, and that's the most interesting made in this region. Um, and the Trousseau is also known as Bastardo. Ah, uh, which is one of the varieties used in uh, making port. And it goes well with charcuterie game or some seriously flavoured some sausage. And so, cheese, I imagine. And cheese. And Comte. Yeah, Comte uh, cheese around here. Um, and I've got a picture there. I don't know if that's back to front for you. It's back to front. I'm never sure. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. But that's the region. I mean, what's staggering is this is yet another appellation. And it just seems wherever you go around this country, bump into Appalachia, and yeah. um, and it is a huge, a huge largest. So it, it's not really Jura wines, and not not wines that I was massively familiar with. And yet here we are on our tour de France, going through another stage, bumping into extra wines. Yeah, I so, think it used to be quite big, but Phylloxera, um reduced the vineyards from um, by I, they literally decimated it because it uh, went from it reduced ten uh, to, one. to ten, ten to one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's uh, an overused decimation, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, decimation yeah. often. In error. Uh, but right. uh, one of the other big big drinks from this region uh, is the Gentian Spirits, which we shall move on to now. Um, and I've got a picture of some Gentian farmers collecting Gentian roots. Um, so the reason I'm wearing the San Rafael is because uh, San Rafael was a team in the 1950s, actually a quinquina, a bitter liqueur. And it was the first alcohol brand to be able to sponsor um, a team. Mm. Uh, and the chap's name, who, who led the team, Rafael's, he used that as an excuse to get it through the bureaucracy of non-alcohol brands on the tour. And as we pointed out in the early stages of this race, uh, alcohol brands have had a, a proud history of sponsoring the Tour de France teams ever since. Um, so that uh, Raphael Germiniani, the name of the rider who actually competed. Anyway, it's a bit further south than San Raphael. So we were looking for something on the route and, um, and we just stumbled across all the different gentian spirits that are, are in the region. And gentian, is, it, grows in, it grows all over the world, but, um, but it's particularly prevalent in the Alp region, the Massive Central, Jura, They've also got a bit of Pyrenees as well, but um, they they mainly harvest the yellow gentian in the massive central the Auvergne region, particular appropriate. Uh, the plant, like a lot of these roots that made their way into drink, was seen as medicinal. It was used for digestive problems, appetite, bloating, diarrhea, heartburn, and interestingly, to prevent muscle spasms. Yes, oh. I mentioned the muscle spasm. Yes. Um, which has its relevance in, in sport. And the harvesting of it was very strictly controlled. Um, but it's a bit like agave. It takes about seven years or more to reach uh, harvesting potential. And when they go to harvest, it's quite tough. And they've got a special tool they still use, which is called the Devil's Fork. Oh. And they go around and use it to dig out the roots. Um, and they, they, they originated in France in 1885. Um, today, I've got, as have you, Ben, a yeah. which is... Uh, a 
Avese. I don't know how you pronounce this because the accents on the E in the middle. Avese. 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 Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's like A. Not okay. Like, uh, so Avese. 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 It's not easy to say. No. Uh, but anyway. And it's not Avese to get in this no. country. <laughs> it's almost impossible, but they very kindly sent us a bottle when we got in touch and told them what we were doing. Right, because it is a big, it is a really historic producer down there. Oh, they, they started up. Yeah, man, hell, that is um, nice. Like they started that. up in 1921, Emile Refovelle. Yeah, Tom, we do need to work on the old accent there, mate. We do, we do. Uh, in the French town of Rouillon et Montagne, Montagne. Was, um, was mucking about with the, all the different plants that were growing in the region, in the surrounding countryside, uh, and he started selling drinks in shop, uh, and he got particularly passionate about the wild yellow uh, gentian. And this is the only... The only uh, gentian spirits in the region and there are there are others uh, Salas is another uh, that you might see more readily over here Suze is uh, mm -hmm. one that our friend uh, Jake Berger who who runs the, um, the distillery of gin um, uh, but this one is the only one that is allowed to use a very specific gentian that grows uh, in the in the national park the Volcan de Vin uh, de Vin okay so it I'm is, tasting that it's very dry it is. It's got a nice balanced bitterness. It's not too. Uh, oh, that's nice. It's really nice. That now, is very. What we've seen with their aromatic. Yeah, mm, the botanicals really come through on it. And what we what we're finding with the gentian spirits it, around, particularly the cocktail cultures in London and in New York, where there's a bartender enthusiasm for new drinks, they're used as kind of bittering agents. And interestingly, mm. the gentian is also in Angostura bitters, so it does have a very bitter quality. Mm. About it. When it comes into a drink like Avese, it's quite, um, there's a balance with other, but it does actually seem but know, that, quite sweet that as well. But that over is obviously um, very dry, very bitter, and it would be a great, but you could lengthen it with a bit of soda. It's only 18. I mean, over there, and I do suggest that you, when all this virus bullshine is over with, mm. we, uh, we get back over to France, and, uh, and this is exactly the sort of thing that we would like to do in terms of recreating stage oh, tours yeah. via great little crafty distilleries that've got real heritage and doing things really a very interesting natural ingredients that are growing around them. A lot of talk about gin at the moment and producers who are these wacky know, but this, is, this is just on their doorstep. They went out well, this is what I love about the French. They, they, what they do is they, they look around and go, look at all these plants here. We could we could pick them and put them in a vase, or we can into medicine, or we could just make really nice booze out of it. Let's do that. Nice. Which brings me on to this one called um, this is called Vervin Velé, uh, and again, it's very difficult to get hold of. I was given this by a very nice man called Etienne, an actual French man who I was on holiday with. Not just me and him. We were there was a big group together, but I'd happily go on holiday. And he gave me this called Vervin Velé. 55. Now this, let me open it. It's green. It looks a little bit like it's the same color as Midori. And similar to Avese, it's, it's um, using the herbs and plants of the region. And this one's using verbena. Now, this was set up in the 1820s by Joseph, Joseph Rumilly. Now, verbena, also known as wild hyssop, 
Um, it, they reckon it's got divine supernatural forces. Um, and it was often, like all these plants, was used in medicine. Now, Pliny the Elder, who's, um, who was a sort of a, uh, botanist and regarded as the first man to discover hops, um, he didn't get back. I've written a book about it. Just read the book about the, the, the myth behind Pliny the Elder. But he said this about verbena. It's used by the people of Gaul in fortune-telling and in uttering prophecy bullshit. People who have been rubbed with it obtain their wishes, banish fevers, win friends, and cure all diseases without exception. Again, and if a dining couch is sprinkled with water in which this plant, verbena, has been soaked, the entertainment becomes merrier. Bullshit again. And it also says that as a remedy for snake bite, it is crushed in wine. Now, also, uh, that's again, um, they used to hang it above... uh, in, in this region, they hung it above their beds to have charms and spells, make love potions, be true. Um, but I'm calling this one bullshit as well. In the Auvergne, druids were, were recorded as calling for virgins crowned with verbena and foliage gathered at the sixth day of the moon, decorated with mystical rings and skilled in the art of preparing potions to sit alongside them at their major council. All over it. All, All over it. it. I mean, I don't fair play <laughs> that Anyway, what they take is the verbena. They they also throw in juniper berries, uh, essentially in gin. They throw in some mace, not the pepper spray. But, um, um, and then you've got 30 other herbs and spices. Um, they macerate in alcohol several weeks. Um, and then they um, they heat them in these copper stills with brandy water and plain uncut alcohol. Capture the aromatics. Um they also then take honey from the Auvergne, sugar, and then a bit of cognac to create different blends. Now, this is the, the, the main green one, 55%. So I've cut it with water. It's very green. It is very green. That's all I'd say. I mean, I, I, what I like about my Avese is that it's it feels like a more natural, the yellow well, colour. Not to be, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot I mean, of green that comes out of it. But if we um, move on to our next street. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about this? I love, it's a very, I really like that. It's very fresh. Yeah. But there's something about the French package. It just looks like it's kind of kitsch. Yeah. It's kind of kitsch. Um, they do they do that quite well, though. Even that. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow maybe. we're gonna we're gonna get onto the uh, the well, while we're talking about that. The, oh yeah. Um, the well, I don't. Know. Again, again, I mean, we're we're talking visuals kitsch. in an audio format. Probably, we are, but if that's so, why it's uh, worth seeking out the videos, Ben. Yeah. But uh, but that brings us on to Chartres because I think the Chartres is fantastic. And yes. that is very, very classic. So we're going to, because we went through the Chartreuse region. Yeah, we did. We um, went up this way actually on the bike race. And if anyone watched it, they would have probably seen the helicopter view over the monastery um, yes. because it is quite an iconic site for the, for the tour. Uh, and you might have heard of Chartreuse. It is, they would say, and we'd agree, a world. Um, yes, well, I'm a big fan because when I lived in Grenoble for a year, this is what everyone drank. And I, uh, initially, I was like, I don't really understand what this is. Or you drink it, but by the end of it, I was. It was big, good for playing patonk with. All the old boys with became. I became massively, and some would say, slightly obsessed with it. When I came back to and started writing about booze, I went out there several times to visit the distillery, which is in Voiron, a small small town just outside Grenoble, and then also went walking around the monastery. And when I say round it, I just walked around it. Didn't go in it because you weren't allowed to go in it. I don't know if you're. But anyway, they, it's, it's glorious. It's, it's made by monks, Carthusian monks, up in the mountains near Grenoble. 
uh, the recipe rests in the hands of just three monks, and each one only knows two thirds of the formula that contains 130 herbs and spices, and um, and they are sworn to secrecy. Which, given the fact that they're monks and not allowed to much anyway, makes it easier. Um, but where their monastery is is absolutely stunning. It's right up in the mountains. Uh, during the winter when it's just there's snow everywhere and the sun shining, you think oh, there's lots of this, but oh, it's lovely. But anyway, the, the chotras, it's macerated in alcohol three times, distilled four times, and they add honey and golden syrup and they age it in huge oak casks between three and five years. And they're, and they're, they're the, the, the calves where they age chotras are apparently the biggest in the world. Um, and there's lots of different variants. Um, you've got the green, the yellow. Um, you've also got um, there's the elixir végétal de la grande chartreuse, which is comes in this lovely little style wood bottle. It's kind of like an antidote to most everything. Uh, it's a sort of cordial tonic made from the same the same herbs and spices, aromatic plant. And what they do is they put a couple of drops on that of that on a sugar lump, and then they um, they'll have it and they put it into a hot toddy, and they claim it will cure absolutely everything it won't um but it's supposed to be picked up um and they serve this um the local farmers in the chartres mountains give this to their cows to stop them doing so many blow-offs and to reduce bloating and flatness i've got a picture of a cow doing a chartres style blow-off there really have you let's have a look Uh, look. yeah Uh, oh yeah yeah exactly yeah it's very good very good tom um Uh, and i'll say a thank you to um cask cask marketing cask liquid marketing who who are looking after yeah. the marketing spirits in the uk because they gave us these uh these small bottle the miniature and stuart uh, sent me the poster and they are perfect if you have one of these cycling shirts because they go nicely right in, the back, in the little yeah. back pocket they put on uh, so you can actually take this on your ride um around the region i i think it's it's brilliant stuff and when you get into it you start to see all the variants so we've got the green we've got the yellow there uh and, well the yellow um and so both both jerseys worn in 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 the race so there's um there's loads of synergy with the and you've got the ep yes so it's aged for more than 10 years so the um it's it just a little smoother no, it's a bit say, spicier the, and it picks up more of the flavors in the barrel um and that's their kind of like this is they bring out and go this 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 rivals brandy. Um, but that the thing yeah. that they give to uh, cows and supposed to, and supposed to cure all illness is seventy one percent. Be careful. But it was being drunk by it's, it's got quite a sort of cult following. John Bon Jovi, Hunter S. Thompson, uh, they they drank it. Um, Charles de Gaulle, he enjoyed um, chocolate with chart, green chartreuse. Uh, inside, he drank. He used to enjoy them every evening, and also the Queen Mum when she went racing racing at Ascot. Every time her horse raced, she'd have some chartreuse, and that probably cured her windy pops as well. So um, it's a wonderful drink. Ah. It's quite got again. It's got quite a cult following amongst the bartending community, um, who seem to love it. Um, and like I say, if you're mm. if you're in that part of the world, the whilst you're not allowed into the monastery, it's a great place to start. You can walk up um, uh, the Grand Somme, with big, lovely, big mountain. You can hike, hike up, and the starting point is the monastery. So it's yeah, and that's like the jewel in the crown of the Chartres. So we're big fans of this. I've got loads of it, and um, I love it. And yeah, it. I love it too. Um, yes. and I haven't I haven't broken uh, wind. I haven't broken wind for about six months. So. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. Um, that's a good time to finish. I think that's a good yeah. a good spirit to finish off. Uh, 
I'm going to go and play my days. Yeah. Uh, well done for struggling through this. You're such a soldier. I'm very much like one of the Tour de France athletes. I think. Yeah. You um, should go and take some drugs. Thank you once again <laughs> for listening. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, right, I'm not going to remind everyone about this again. Start getting on social media and shouting about this podcast, and then we can get you this lovely Watney's uh, beer, beer top. Where is it? Oh, I've lost it. No, where is it? Oh, there you go. There. Look, it's not going to win itself, is it? Just promote us on social media, tag us in, tell everyone how brilliant it is, and then you've got a very good chance of winning it, believe me. Right. On that note, let's go and watch the Brilliant. tour. It's Grenoble today, and it's going to be a good one. Au revoir. Au revoir.